order to understand the basis of Scripture, we must place ourselves in the context from which they were written. As the Scriptures confirm, there is power of life and death in the tongue, and in order for us to overstand the words spoken, we must acquire a superior knowledge which comes from the Creator, Most High, the Beneficent, the Most Merciful. This podcast is dedicated to the seeking of knowledge, the reading of written word, and the understanding of the will of the Most High Creator of the ends of the universe. May He forgive me if I do or say anything wrong. Welcome to an Overstanding Word podcast, where we discuss context of scripture in order to overstand the words within for intended applications thereof. I'm your host, Nakia Anderson, and welcome to this journey that we shall take together. Thank you for listening and tuning in to another episode on an Overstanding Word podcast. I'm your host, Nakia, and I truly thank you for, one, being a loyal supporter. If this is your first episode, we appreciate appreciate you for your future loyalty. Thanks be to the creator above who sits on high, looks down low, and sees the affliction of his people, sees all things that are transpiring in the world today, sees the evil of those who have committed themselves to doing the deeds in these days and times. I am thankful that he's allowed for another day to be possible, for truly that is proof that going to the throne of grace humbly still works. So I am grateful for everyone that is listening to this. I'm going to ask before we even get into this episode, which is a great, great episode. It's going to be a double hitter. My goal is to bring you two episodes today because these episodes are important. But as I bring you this message, I I would like for you to step out on faith. If your faith tells you at this moment that this is something that needs to be shared, do so now. Share this episode before we even get into the content and the context of what is here. For there is going to be great work that is done through this reading of the first two chapters of the book of Habakkuk. Now, Habakkuk was a prophet who received a word from the creator in regards to what was taking place in the land. And as we dive into this episode, I want you to appreciate the times that we're in, history, and what takes place when we fail to learn from what has transpired in a historical context. Analyze this episode from that context, from that standpoint of what we are facing in today's world and society. Let's dive into verse number one. Here's what it says. This is kind of a beginning that opens you up. Now, again, for those that are just tuning in for the first time, we are, for meaning purposes, reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, There are multiple translations out there You feel free to read it in the translation that is your preferred translation. I am doing a parallel with the King James just for in case there's some words that come up. So feel free to use the translation that fits most for you. As a matter of fact, I highly encourage you to 
read scripture in multiple translations. And the reason why is because it helps you to bring about the understanding and awareness of what the writer was trying to get you to understand. So verse number one says this, this is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. Violence is everywhere, I cry, but you don't come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Whenever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous. So that justice has become perverted. Whew. Just those words alone could be applied to a modern day context. Let's continue. The Lord replied in verse 5. Look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day. Something you won't believe. Even if someone told you about it. I am raising up the Babylonians. <laughs> or Chaldeans is what some scripture says. A cruel and violent people. They will march around the world and conquer other lands. Wow. Wow. See, we could stop right there and make a connection directly to what has transpired with the spreading of a lot of the religious people through colonialism. Examine everywhere that the colonists went to. Examine their deeds and their treatment of the people in those lands that they eventually traveled into. Let me continue. Verse 7. They are notorious for their cruelty. And do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their chariots charge from far away. Like eagles, they swoop down and devour their prey. On they come, all bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. They scoff at kings and princes and scorn all their fortresses. They simply pile ramps of earth against their wall and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and are gone. And they are deeply guilty for their own strength is their God. This is getting into Habakkuk's second complaint. Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. Oh, Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians or Chaldeans to correct us, to punish us for our many sins. But you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung up on their hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? 
Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich. They will claim, will you let them get away with this forever? Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquests? And that's chapter one of Habakkuk. Again, go back and listen to the words. Listen to them in context of the times that we're in. Who is modern-day Babylon? Who is modern-day Rome? Those are questions that need to be answered. Let's move into chapter number two of Habakkuk. This is what it continues with. Verse one starts here. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the mess, the correct message to others. This is a vision for the, for our future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Wealth is treacherous and the arrogant are never at rest. They open their mouths as wide as the grave and like death. They are never satisfied. In their greed, they have gathered up many nations and swallowed many people. But soon their captives will taunt them. They will mock them, saying, What sorrow awaits you thieves? Now you will get what you deserve. You've become rich by extortion. But how much longer can this go on? Suddenly, your debtors will take action. They will turn on you and take all you have. While you stand trembling and helpless, because you have plundered many nations, now all the survivors will plunder you. You committed murder throughout the countryside and filled the towns with violence. What sorrows await you who build big houses with money gained dishonestly? You believe your wealth will buy security? Put your family's nest beyond the reach of danger? But by the murderers you committed, you have shamed your name and forfeited your lives. The very stone in the walls cry out against you, and the beams in the ceiling echo the complaint. What sorrows await you who build cities with money gained through murder and corruption? Surely, if you look at the land, there has been a murderous, evil, adulterous people who have conquered and subdued the entire world. The scripture declares, Satan deceiveth, what? Deceiveth who? The whole world. Verse 13, let me continue. Has not the Lord of heaven's army promised that wealth, that the wealth of nations will turn to ashes 
they work so hard, but all in vain. For as the water fills the seas, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. What sorrow awaits you who make your neighbors drunk. You force your cup on them so you can gloat over their shameful nakedness. Mm, mm, mm. Think about who exposed the human family to nakedness in the first place. Surely it was an accuser who accused us of being shameful and naked. Verse 16, but soon it will be your turn to be disgraced. Come, drink and be exposed. Drink from the cup of the Lord's judgment and all your glory will be turned to shame. You cut down the forest of Lebanon. Now you will be cut down. You have destroyed the wild animals. So now their terror will be yours. You committed murder throughout the countryside and filled the towns with violence. What good is an idol carved by man or a cast image that deceives you? How foolish to trust in your own creation and God that can't, a God that can't even talk. What sorrows await you who say to wooden idols, wake up and save us. To speechless stone images you say, rise up and teach us. Can an idol tell you what to do? They may be overlaid with gold and silver, but they are lifeless inside. Oh my goodness. There are some lifeless people who are walking around in these days and times. Why do you think it is that so many of those who have achieved what we would consider in the worldly and secular realm wealth, but they can't find happiness? They struggle with finding anything to suffice when it comes to joy and peace. They're never surrounded by those things, it seems. At every single turn, there's always something waiting for them, even though they've seemed to achieve mountains above the poor, the rich, and despised, and rejected, the people who they have enslaved to their ways of doing evil in the land. Verse 20 continues with this. This is the final verse. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Let all the earth be silent before him. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. This episode has been brought to you by way of the Giving It Away to Walk in the Presence of God fundraiser. Link is posted in the bio.